1: It is hour two, the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, and Travion Berkland, the three with you today. 537-1350 is our number. Coming up in just a few moments, we're going to be hearing from Troy as we're going to kind of mix up Mitch Palm with Mitch in Vegas and get a Royals preview, but it's time it's going to be hosted by Troy. He's going to give us the breakdown. The Royals are going to be good. Are they going to be decent? Are they going to stink? Well, Troy's going to let us know, including give us an over-under on the wins and if he's going to take the over or the under. I'm looking forward to that. So I'm, I'm going to take your advice and lay a bet down on it. And if, uh, if I get it wrong, you're going to owe me $5. Yeah, well,
0: I already owe you 5 I haven't no, paid y- paid in for that bracket that's a disaster with no Final Four teams. Everybody's
1: – oh, my gosh. Everybody's <laughs> just an absolute disaster. Um, at least I can say I was loyal. Did you watch uh, the uh, the Adam Sandler when he was awarded the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor?
0: I did not. Um, my good friend Marissa, who works at the foundation, had connections who went Ooh, to the that event be, that night. Man,
1: I wish I had those connections.
0: And, right, and let's just say that the show edited that the show was edited way down. Oh, I bet. Um, Steve Buscemi. Drinking on stage wasn't something that you were going to see on the show.
1: <laughs> what was he drinking? What do you think? Well, I, I understand. Like, yes, I understand yeah, it's alcohol, you, but I wanted like yeah, if not sure any
0: specifics. No, no, no specifics. Just that he was slurring words and it was that kind of night,
1: as well, you'd expect with it being Adam Sandler and the Sandler group. Little uh, scotch in that water? Yeah, something along those lines. That is a reference to an Adam Sandler movie. For those that are a little behind. Uh, the water boy. I,
0: I'm still trying to understand how it is that Adam Sandler is winning the Mark Twain Award for Humor, the guy that was on MTV's remote control as Goat Boy. I oh, mean, wow. good Lord.
2: Well, you know, it does. <laughs> I have heard it's been a kind of a controversial decision. <laughs>
0: well,
2: but, he's a uh, money maker. He is sure.
0: absolutely a money maker. And honestly, his later films. These last few years, he has taken more serious more serious roles and proven that he can handle them.
1: Like Uncut Gems? I thought that was a great movie. That's
0: exactly where I was going. I
1: haven't watched, uh, what's the basketball one he was in?
0: Oh, and I should know it and I don't. Yeah, it's don't.
1: on Netflix. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard that's really good.
0: Mm-hmm. We're putting together the list, by the way, for when Monica and I are on vacation and out of town. Movies that we're going to catch up on finally.
2: Hubie's Halloween, of course as <laughs> as, Transylvania. In, as
1: in what
0: what's on that list um well for for one right out of the box Re- for me real,
1: uh, real quick are these movies you guys haven't seen yes okay go ahead
0: one night in miami okay that that's on my list uh of have to see uh still have not um let's see what did she add to the list recently I can't remember off the top of my head. A lot head, of but, Academy
1: Award winning or really, nominated flicks.
0: Well, and just in general, a lot of fl- flicks that we just haven't had the opportunity to see. And so.
2: I haven't seen a new Adam Sandler movie since Grown Ups 2.
1: I was about to make that. It's like, is wow. Grown Ups 2 on the list? No.
0: <laughs> no. I actually no, kind of enjoyed no, the no. first one. No, no, no.
1: Well, Adam Sandler, I mean, had a hell of a run from what? 94 to 2006. <sighs> Like had some bangers. I'm telling you, oh, like yeah. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, Waterboy, Big Daddy, Wedding Singers. A fantastic Fifty First Dates is a great movie. Yes, it is. Adams or no, Adam, Rob Schneider did a song to I, you know, in the Wedding Singer when he sings, "I want to grow old with you." Greatest he did his showman, own, by the way. He he did his own version. I'm like, Rob Schneider can sing. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a pretty good singer. Was he at the event? Rob Schneider? Uh Oh, yeah, he
2: was on stage. I didn't see that part. I only saw a little bit of Conan's part, a little bit of Spade's part.
1: So I haven't watched the whole thing, but Rob Schneider was amazing. David Spade was more roasting him than anything. Um, Let's see. Dana Carvey started doing a few impressions. As of, you know, Dana Carvey, of course, he's going to do a few impressions. Uh, But I I think Rob Schneider was my favorite from those that I saw. The little
0: clip I saw of uh, David Spade was actually pretty humorous. Where he said he was going to, uh, that he wanted to talk from his heart, so turn off the teleprompter. And he stood there silent for about 15 seconds. Okay, turn it back on.
1: <laughs> also, Adam Sandler, a hell of a baller. That oh, guy yeah. can go play basketball. As a matter of fact, I remember seeing him recently at Rutger Park and playing some ball. Mm-hmm. And then it was what? It was it was a, right before K State was going to play in the Sweet 16 in New York City. It was announced that. K-State, or not K-State, but Big 12 men's and women's basketball teams. A a few of them will be playing exhibitions at Rutger Park. Yes. I'm telling you, this Brett Yormark guy, he knows a thing or two about promoting a conference.
0: Tim Fitzgerald with Go Powercat noted that he had had a conversation during the conference tournament with someone who works in the conference office, and the comment was made uh, that Yormark is always thinking. And something like that, I... To me, points it out very well that he's always looking to maximize opportunity. I mean, are you kidding? Rucker Park?
1: I'm not going to lie. When I. Uh, That's was, beautiful. When I was uh, uh, in the press area by the court uh, there at Madison Square Garden, guess who walks right by me? Right, your mark. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, hey. The, the commish, he's right mm-hmm. there. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I've been that starstruck since I saw Stern for the first time in person. <laughs> oh, my God, there he is. Oh, man. That guy wears uh, some nice suits. All right. Um, the big uh, K-State basketball news today. Ish Masood, after a couple of years with the Cats, one year of eligibility remaining, has entered his name into the transfer portal. And I understand I've seen a lot of the reactions, a lot of thank yous to Ish, which is awesome uh, but also some surprises I think some fans were not expecting ish to leave that reaction probably comes from the memories he gave you from this past season with the three-point winner uh the the, the go-ahead bucket against Baylor ended up winning the game in overtime in Waco. And his shots in the NCAA tournament, there's, uh, there's more threes than that, but I'm talking about the memorable ones. The go-ahead against Kentucky, the four threes in the baseline jumper he hit against Michigan State that were all huge, especially that the two-pointer. Um, and, man, could that guy have – he had some range and some contested range. And he became a role player for K-State. When you think about it logically and about what he has said he has wanted before – and that is to be a, a not just a role player and not just come off the bench for maybe 15 minutes. He wants to be a starter. That was the main reason, one of the main reasons he came to K State, transferring from the ACC from Wake Forest to K State. That you know he wanted to be a key guy, and his role diminished at K State. And the team is only getting more talented. Uh, and I do not blame Massoud one bit. I don't know ex- exactly what his goals are, but I'm sure he has some high goals, and he wants. He wants more attention. He wants to be able to gain more attention. And so he's, you know, talking to D.Y. in the first hour about it, it'd be interested to see where he lands. Because I'm sure there are some, you know, power six programs that would love to have him. Just depends on, you know, he, he's going to be promised, I'm sure, some big roles if there's teams that really want him. It's about earning those roles, though. Right. I'd be quite honest with you, he was a little bit under average when it came to his defense at times. He was off and on. Let's put it that way. Off and on mm-hmm. on his defense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of got bullied down there sometimes, but it also had to play the five sometimes. And I know he wasn't a big fan of that.
0: In the grand scheme of things, there's also, as D.Y. talked about last hour, you look at what the roster holds and the young players that have been on the sideline that are coming into this program or the newcomers that are heading into this program. How many of those guys are going to start eating up some of those minutes that potentially could leapfrog him.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ish could definitely come into this year, you know, first guy off the bench. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. even potentially a starter. Maybe. And then he could lo- he could easily lose that spot. Depending on Mikayla Bridge and Taj Manning, like those kind of guys, exactly how good are they? You know, living up to the hype like Taj Manning, you know, again, he's been compared to Kawhi Leonard, and maybe it was in a joking fashion – but they clearly think that Taj Manning, who has set out all this past season, is going to be pretty big for K-State. Is going to be a a great player at at that at that four position.
0: Our final going away present from uh, Bruce Weber.
1: Taj, Taj Manning. Manning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He stuck around. He did. And by the way, you know, I'm at the point now after hey, I this one season was enough evidence for me. I mean, they had to go into this last off season like, all right, we got 11 spots to fill. Let's get to work. Uh they filled it with a pretty talented roster. And the, now there's 3 spots to fill right now. Th- this is going to feel like
0: like like an absolute breath of fresh air for them.
1: Yeah, and I love the mix. Like I love the mix of veterans, guys that Either played very few minutes, or you know, redshirted, and now going to be coming into this next year ready to play basketball. And then guys, you'll pick up in the transfer portal that are older, experienced, and by the way, talented. I I'm, what I'm saying is I you know I obviously trust the coaching staff to go find the right guys. Uh, will there be a loss or two down the road uh, when it comes to these recruiting battles? You know, maybe I don't know. That's you know, a question that'll be answered at a later time. There's a lot of time to find the right guys, and like D.Y. said, I and I agree with her, There's you know, not exactly a big rush right now to fill those spots. Sure. The portal is still open for another, uh, let's see, month and a half, about. So yeah, there is a uh, there's time. I did want to play a couple of clips here from Colin Klein. Not going to get to a whole lot of them as uh, we got Troy's Royals preview coming up here in just a few moments, but. Um, And more clips will be obviously played on the morning show tomorrow with Troy. uh, Colin Klein talking obviously a lot today about the offense moving forward. And I said in the last hour, you know, I'm still hungover on this NCAA tournament run. I think seeing it in person took a toll much more on me than watching it on TV. Being within the emotions inside the arena and gutting things out as a fan. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm still thinking about it almost every minute of every day about how fun the run was, yet the punch in the gut at the end. Everybody still is a little bit sore from it. Uh, But I did pull a couple of clips here. First, let's just get Cullen's reaction. Deciding not to be the OC at Notre Dame and sticking with the Cats, here is Coach Klein.
4: It was a, obviously a tremendous honor to be, you know, to get that phone call. But, again, I felt like uh, going through the process and, you know, Lord really put on my heart that, that there was still work to do here and, the, and that, uh, uh, again, my players and, and knowing that my mission here isn't done and, and uh, uh, you know, my guys really were the, were the two things that made me at peace with knowing I'm supposed to be here.
1: Now, at the press conference, you know, he's also, of course, the quarterback's coach. Will Howard is now a stud. He is the man. He is QB1, and we're going to hear a lot about him moving in. You're moving further, further into the into spring, summer, fall. We got a lot of time to hear about Colin Klein or hear about uh, Will Howard from Colin Klein and coach Chris Kleiman. So, who's going to be the number two? And that, there's your battle this year. As a matter of fact, that's what Coach Klein said it's going to be a battle for number two.
4: It's a competition. Uh, all, all three of those guys, you know, three main main guys behind him are, uh, you know, w- will be competing, uh, you know, uh, through the duration. All three of those guys have, have done really, really good things. Uh, Jake's obviously got a head start with his age and, and his experiences. But uh, again, it's a competition, and, and each one of those guys is going to have to earn it every day.
1: And he did comment on the three that are fighting for that second spot on the roster, on the depth chart, rather, at quarterback Jake Rubley.
4: The game has slowed down for Jake a little bit um you know he's got uh you know tremendous arm talent comes out of his hand you know he's accurate uh you know and is able to to really spread the field with his arm you know and and uh like I said the comfort of his offense his comfort with the offense has allowed him to play faster uh, and anticipate things better
1: we all know about that true freshman kid from Mays Avery Johnson
4: Obviously, just kind of learning learning the lay of the land, you know, and, and trying to operate to, to be able to allow him to, uh, you know, to use his skills. He's obviously got the uh, the best wheels of the group, you know, which is well documented. And then Adrian Lara, don't forget about that guy. He's got tremendous arm talent. I mean, the, the, the field gets uh, incredibly small when he's back there. I mean, he can spread it around with, with attachments, with down the field uh, passing game and, and do so from any platform at any time. I mean, his core strength is... Uh, is outstanding and and uh, he, he's a uh, again a very natural passer uh, still trying to get comfortable with with the offense and, and what's going on around him
1: if I could give these three guys playing behind Will Howard any advice my advice is y'all better be ready to go at any time because the last three seasons and a lot uh, has happened in the last really 10 years or so 10 11 years of starting quarterbacks, getting hurt, mm-hmm. needing the backups to come in. It's football. All got to be ready to go. You know, Jake Ribley probably right now is in the spot at number 2, but the job is up for grabs, according to Coach Klein. Um, You know, Adrian Lara was the scout guy last year, and we heard multiple times about how strong his arm is. Avery Johnson, strong arm, really good with his feet. And Jake Ribley, we saw him barely this past season – you know, in the TCU game, he throws a pick. You know, I I don't mind him making a mistake early. That that's easily something you can grow from, especially with not coming back in and maybe taking a few more, you know, punches to the ego and punches to your confidence. Uh, but I will say, it feels like, you know, on you know, mostly on paper, obviously. You know, K State might have some of the best quarterback depth in the Big Twelve mm-hmm. heading this next season. Also, where they're obviously going to be deep is the offensive line. And Connor Riley said it earlier that, you know, they're really close to that nine or ten number when it comes to guys that could will probably see the field this upcoming season. Didn't play the clip, but you know, Coach Klein, and we've even heard it from Chris Klein about the praise of Keegan Johnson. He's already ahead of his game. He's learning quickly. He's got big ups. He can go up and get that football. So that's great to hear with him teaming up with, uh, you know, Philip Brooks, veteran wide receiver. And don't forget about Ben Sennett. Even though the depth at wide receiver is still to be seen, don't forget you have Ben Sennett, the revival of the catching tight end at K-State on uh, more than just a few catches here and there big big role a bigger role we've seen in quite some time in Ben and Senate and then of course running back Treshawn Ward DJ Giddens will be your two you know your two punch guy your salt and pepper Ward will probably be the starter I mean this is my guess I mean this is the guy that chews up yards and DJ Giddens Barely scratched the surface this past year. Expect a more improved D.J. Ginn. So I'm I'm loving the depth that this offense has. Some spots are, you know, yet to be seen. I think it'll grow. No doubt about that. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, it is Troy's time to let us know. Are the Royals good, bad, ugly? What are we expecting this season? Coming up next.
3: Next,
0: I like the pitch clock myself. Granky's a question mark to me in utilizing it or having to deal with it. There's actually a clip out there one time already in spring training. He recognized that he wasn't going to have time to get the pitch off before the clock expired on him. He just let it go. Came back with the next pitch and struck the guy out. He might have a little adjustment to make. Still, say
1: he's been in the uh, he, but, league or in the system for twenty years. Well,
0: and that and also he's working with PitchCom in a way that he's not in the past. That's going to be, you know, that that's still a adjustment for him. But how does the rest of the staff handle that? I like that it will force quicker pace. I think that this pitching staff is probably going to be better just on the aspect that uh, there is not so much nibbling around the corners through what they have shown in the preseason. That is a nice thing to see because one of the hallmarks of this team has been the number of walks that they have given up over and over again. Uh, In the preseason, just as a way of noting, walks that were allowed – Lyle struggled a bit, but walks per nine. Keller was giving up three. Zgrinke was giving up two. Singer struggled. He only gave up one. One per nine. (laughs) (laughs) He says jokingly uh, about struggling. Uh, Lynch gave up four Mm -hmm. per nine. And Ryan Yarborough, who could be a guy that moves into the rotation later, uh, gave up three. Okay, which is much more manageable <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> than, what the, than what the team had been dealing with last year.
1: So do you have a prediction on, what, what is your official prediction on the record?
0: FanDuel has the Royals at 68.5 wins. I'm going to bump that up and say 75 this year. An improvement of 10 wins over a season ago. That moves you also to within seven wins of five hundred on a campaign, with a team that you are building with, under a first year manager, a first year pitching coach. I like where this team is headed. Are we? Will we see young players step up in those roles, especially hitting? I think we will, but we'll see.
1: What what would be the final record then? Seventy five and eighty seven. That right.
0: That would be right. Mm-hmm. Yep. 75 and 87. That's doable after so,
1: uh, that that leaves plenty of room for like in the first couple of months to be teased with a good year.
0: Also that it also leaves you plenty of room to still have some interest in seeing how players adjust through the course of the year or not adjust during the course of the year because that's always the challenge with young players. But does this team start to gain the momentum of those teams that we saw leading up to 14 and 15 and the runs to the World Series. That's where I really think that the interest will lie this year in seeing whether this team is able to start to build towards that. If this rebuild, if you will, finally starts to show some fruit.
1: All right, there you have it. Troy says 75 victories for the Kansas City Royals this season. Pre-game tomorrow at 2.30, first pitch at 3.10. You'll have Zach Reinke on the mound for the Kansas City Royals as they host the Minnesota Twins right here on K-Man. Number one song of the day, Ask Us Anything, next. Next.
2: Sell I in the stores. You tell me who flop, who coped the blue drop, who juice got back, two hooky gochi down to the blue clap. This ain't old pimp. Mace you know ain't nothing changed but my limp. Can't stop till I see my name on From
1: 1997 Mo Money Mo Problems by the notorious B.I.G. featuring Puff Daddy two weeks at number one. You actually don't hear Biggie in the song until about like 2 minutes and 10 seconds in. Yeah, I don't I've never understood that. The thing is the song was made I think after he died. It it was. Yeah. I think I put that in here somewhere. Anyway, Biggie Biggie Smalls. His real name is Christopher George Latore Wallace. East Coast rapper. I thought this was fitting because his anniversary of his death was this month, Mm -hmm. and I was just in New York City. I was just in Brooklyn for a little bit, and he's from Brooklyn.
2: Did you see the big mural that's down there of him? No. No? I haven't. Also, we haven't done a song from the 90s in a while.
1: During 96, that's when the whole East Coast, West Coast (laughs) rap rivalry was really just out of control. Shout out to Suge Knight. God, no shouting out to Suge Knight. No. Talk about one of the worst people you could yeah, probably right. pro- you could possibly ever ask to work for. Or just work for in general. Right. Uh, and I guess in prison for is he
2: for, in, for the rest of his life? He's still like in trial negotiation or whatever, because okay. he ran over someone, but he said it wasn't his fault. Mm. It's like a whole thing. There's Biggie. Alright, well, it was in ninety-six. Yes, that whole East
1: Coast, West Coast feud was going. Tupac is murdered. Drive by in Vegas in September of 96. Of course, speculations go wild about, you know, the uh, how that was organized, who organized it. You know, of course, East Coast rap was blamed for it. So West Coast decides to retaliate. Supposedly. That's the story, right? But we don't know for sure. Anyway, Biggie is killed March 9th of 97. Suge Knight, eligible
0: for parole in November 2034.
2: Oh, wow. He'll be out in no time. (sighs) Boof. And Snoop Dogg owns Death Row now, so it's come full circle. Uh Uh-huh.
1: I think Snoop said, like, he was terrified of Suge Knight.
0: Yeah Oh yeah Yeah. Because
1: Snoop's a lover Not a fighter
0: Dre was his protector In that situation
2: Yeah Snoop did Wrong by death row By saying he didn't Care about the The west coast East coast thing And then Everyone was mad at Snoop
1: Yeah he was the one That wanted no beef He's there to make music
0: Dre wasn't big on the East coast west coast thing Though either Well
1: that's why he left Yeah Well and also I mean Snoop was very open About liking east coast rap Mm-hmm. He was a fan. Uh, let's see here. Rolling Stone called Biggie Smalls the greatest rapper that ever lived. I agree. Billboard named him the greatest rapper of all time. A lot of people think he is the best. He's my favorite rapper of all time. I think when it comes to like, you know, talking about who's the best at this, best of that, like I think names sometimes really get blown up because they died early. Sure. I will, however, I I, I definitely hear the argument for for Biggie.
2: Ready to Die is the greatest rap album of all time, in my opinion.
1: In 2020, Biggie was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Just two studio albums. Six top 40 hits, his second of two number ones. Life After Death, the second one, it was out after he died. Um, was actually released 16 days after he passed away. Rolling Stone ranked it number 179 on the 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. So the lyrics in this song explain how money and success can lead to problems. Others will covet your belongings, try to bring you down in an effort to bring themselves up. As the Bad Boy record label took off, they were faced with many new challenges, including violent attacks and a wave of lawsuits. Diddy put this all together. Of course a couple of, you know, features of singers took a while to get Biggie in there but these Biggie clips were actually previously recorded material so he never actually recorded his verses for this song and of course you can hear what's heavily sampled Nile Rodgers Bernard Edwards their hit for Diana Ross I'm Coming Out from 1980 uh, we're not going to play any uh, Did They Steal It Because there was no uh, Accusing of anything So I don't know if there was any uh, Asking for it or anything But I would imagine they did Because there's lyrics in it I'm sure something was worked out
2: Puffy was the sample king In all the worst ways In the 90s
1: <laughs> Yes he stole a lot of music He stole a lot of music He did have quite a few lawsuits uh, according to Airplay and Chart Success It was said that this song is one of the most popular Singles in hip hop history And it received a nomination For a Grammy award for best rap performance By a duo or group in 98 However it lost to I'll Be Missing You By Puffy, Faith Evans Is it And 112 yes. uh, Which
2: is a tribute to Biggie Smalls and The Notorious B.I.G This song's better that one was a cash grab In my opinion well, that
1: also uh, was a big sample song, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is it? Then they sample. Is it the police? It is. They policed? They, they police. They sampled. Yep.
2: I think Sting performed with him at the Grammys too. When they did that.
1: While wow, while well he's uh, also just knee deep in WCW. Wrong, Sting. By the way, Sting, that show in Kansas City, he was on the first match of the card. I missed that too. All right, no show tomorrow we are back with you on Friday go cats